1: Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome uh, to uh, Always Wolves Fan TV and podcast. Um, this will go out on our podcast as well. I think it's episode something like 204. We're on there, which is great. And I am joined tonight by Cheerful Chris. I'm liking your, your top, Chris. What can we see? A full thing of that? Is that a wolf?
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I've heard it off um, Twitter. Uh, some guy selling him on Twitter, and and um, I bought I bought a couple of them. One, well, you, you're North trying, North. trying to look as with it as sooty. No, sooty has gone to the old classic um stuff, yeah. so this is this is my wolf hoodie. I'm I like into... it. Like it. And... You've got the North Bank on with a curb symbol Robert.
1: Well, yeah, that's cool. And Josh, um, who needs apparently, if has been telling me before we went on, he needs a nickname to because he's been on a, a lot, so it needs to be something rhyming with J for Josh um we've already got joyful Jean. so if you've got an idea of a nickname for josh just put it on and what can we see Your all uh what's on your uh top
3: just a jack and jones jack today. and
1: jones mate. jack and
3: That's jones great. josh jack yeah. and
1: jones yeah rocking it how are you mate
3: <laughs> all good all good thank you very much just uh back from the gym on the treadmill because i got a bad bad chest so i haven't run outside tonight so i've just gone indoors
2: I've
1: been playing five side tonight. A uh, very good game of five side Scored three, maybe four. We won 10 8. So I'm quite happy about that. Getting the old ticker going. We've got Sooty, who's got one of the, again, rocking one of his 125 uh, t- uh, tracky tops. He's got the old feeler on tonight, mate.
4: Yeah. Always, Dave.
1: Always. And then we've got Lewis um, looking very sharp, mate. How are you doing, pal? All
0: right, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Everyone's saying hi in the thing. So tonight, we've, I've, I've tried to get a, a cross section of fans uh, just to talk a little bit about the uh, the statements that came out today from uh, Wall Sporting Director uh, Matt Hobbs. I am going to put it on the screen in a moment for those of you that are watching or watching this back on catch up, and I am going to read it out in full for those of you that are listening on the on the podcast and then we'll get stuck in with um, how the, uh, the what the panel, how the, they're interpreting uh, what Hobbs has got to say. So let's first of all get it up on the screen um, for you, and then I'm going to read it out, which is why I've got my glasses on. Can you see that, Mr Hobbs? Outlines January plans. So it, it begins Wolves' uh, January uh, transfer window is now open. Uh, Reporting director Matt Hobbs has spoken about where the, cl- the club stands in the winter market, which is obviously the January transfer window. He first of all goes back to say, January 2023 was a successful window for the football club. They made six signings, providing a mix of experience for the present and potential for the future, which helped Wolves retain their Premier League status and continue to move in the right direction under Gary O'Neill this season. He then goes on to say, during the summer, the club was was clear in his desire to comply with the Premier League's Profit and sustainability rules, FFP, and with other sides starting to face sanctions for breaching those rules, that approach remains moving into January 2024. Hobbs has said we've had a really good start to the season. Gary, the staff, and the players have done an unbelievable job. And if we can support Gary in the market, we will. But we're trying to be a self sustainable club. We dealt with the most pressing profit and sustainability issues during the summer in a positive and proactive way. So while Gary knows we'll support him if we can, we're also not going to put ourselves in any danger whatsoever. If players have gone out on loan, we can look to replace them, but they have got to be better than what we've got. The boys have done unbelievably well and we've got some talented young players coming through who want more minutes off the bench. But if we can improve what we've got and help Gary and the squad be more competitive, then we will within the financial position. Let's focus on the players we have in the building. Gary has spoken about developing the players that are here. And I think all of them are improved under him. And that will continue to be the case. A lot of times solutions lie within. But if we can help him, we will, of course. It goes on to say we have used just 23 players in the Premier League this term. No club has used less which illustrates the consistency of O'Neill's group and the work of the medical team. However, the head coach will be without top scorer He-Chang Wang, regular left wing-back Ryan Aitnori, and midfielder Bubacar Traore, for some time of January and possibly February, as they're on international duty. Their absences present, however, an opportunity for others. Over the festive period, Santiago Bueno and Tommy Doyle to name two Seamlessly played regular starters in O'Neill's starting eleven, and Hobbs is keen to focus on the whole squad and those supporting them before looking at any potential wings. It's about the long-term trust strategy of self-sustainability. He said, "We've got a lot of employees at the football club that we are responsible for. A lot of people who work hard and do great jobs. If you look at what Phil Hayward, head of performance, head of high performance, and Kay Wynn, First Team Doctor and their team have done. They've ensured we've got one of the best injury records in the league. It's about building a whole club rather than looking for answers in the transfer window and being reactive. If we have the right plan, have the right staff and all work together, then it's a much healthier way for the club to evolve. While Sasha Kalagic and Fabio Silva have been allowed to leave early in the window after limited game time, Wolves have done their due diligence on potential targets that may come to fruition later in the window. He goes on to say, we've been looking for a while, but the market is restricted. There's not a lot of business going on and not a lot of players available. You're not going to take a player from a team starting 11 as no one wants to make themselves weaker. Also, if you look at the amount of minutes Sasha and Fabio have played between them, we're not looking to replace a lot of minutes. So there's not an immediate rush. We do want to bring someone in. They've got to be the right person, but it's not easy when we're trying to find the best players Clubs aren't using. There's no rush. As big clubs, clubs will spend money. Other players become available. You don't want to move too early, and better players become available later in the window. We need to find the right person to add to our squad for moving forward. Our net is very small because three or four other Premier League clubs are also looking for a centre forward, and you're taking them from someone's bench from an unknown market, hoping they adapt. Quickly to the Premier League. That's the statement. I'm going to go first of all, Chris, uh, to you for your uh, how you, your interpretation of that. Uh,
2: there's quite a lot to pick out of it. To be honest, uh, I don't like a lot of it. To be fair, um, I think there's a lot of smoke in there. Um, he's mentioning there that we've used just 23 players. Four of them have now disappeared. So, effectively, what he's saying is we've got 19 players in the squad. He says, we'll we'll only let players come in who are better than what we've got. Well, we've dispersed some of them because, quite frankly, they're not very good. So, the bar for them to jump over to be better isn't really that high, in my opinion. Um, What I wanted us to be doing in this window is getting rid of this deadwood and getting some money back in and and planning better and getting some some signings in we've got too many you know geddes silver um sasa the, these players are, it's clear they're not going to make it for us uh, i mean we talking about silver and sasa coming back in the summer but i i think this is telling us as fans they're not in the plans and and well if they're not let's move on we we need to move on from the the two, three, four bad windows of signings that were—I call them abject—on uh, promising signings that haven't delivered. You can go through them, Catroni, There's signing after signing. It yeah, is. So yeah, and and we need to move on from that. I know that, but moving on from it is getting them out of the club, getting some revenue in, and looking elsewhere. I think the manager's been. Uh, proved himself enough now to be afforded a chance to get a bit of money and go and find his players and develop his squad more and uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure this statement is saying he's going to do that to be honest
1: OK Chris thank you very much we'll come back to you for a bit further insight in a minute I'm going to go to Lewis then Sutty, then Josh so Lewis over to you first a younger fan um, I know that you're someone that you know from our conversations you studied the transfer market quite in, you know and you know, one day maybe you'll be a sporting director of your own, which is why I wanted to get your take on it. Um, I mean, it's first of all, I think it's good that um, you know Hobbs is talking and coming out and speaking. So that's 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 positive. Um, we have to say because um, there has been criticism in the past about things being quiet, and Hobbs seems to be the one that is the the uh, the, uh, the new spokesperson for Wolves, you don't hear much so much from jeff unless he writes in uh behind you know in in the paper Lewis what's your take uh
0: yeah i think you know like chris said that there um he mentioned the point about the 23 players that we've used this season and four of them have left for the competitions and fabio and Sasser have left as well so the, the squad's quite light and i think he, he recognizes that um in his statement um i think that you know, he speaks about how the club wants to be competitive and, and be self sustaining, but it's difficult to do that with, you know, so few players that Gary seems to be uh, keen on using. I think uh, Jack made a really good point in the, the episode uh, on Sunday uh, when he spoke about him only using uh, three players from the, the bench. Um, yeah. is the most as all season, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with the introduction of the five sub law a couple of seasons ago, you need a bigger squad um and you need to be able to use players because you know i really like the work phil haywood's done you know since he's come back i liked it so much when i was here we always had so few injuries but eventually it will really catch up to you if you have such a small squad that you're constantly relying on um so you know you know whether that like there's going to be times when players you know are either suspended um yellow cards are given out so much more this season. It feels like where players have a a one match ban for five and then it's two for 10. Um, So, you know, you need to have players where uh, who who can step into the frame and really live up to the same or similar quality as what what you're replacing. So I think nowadays you need a squad of about 17 or 18 players, all of the, you know, starting lineup standard. Um, And at the moment we don't have that. And I think it's, uh, you know, I appreciate Matt coming out and, and saying that openly. That you know, we have got a small squad and admitting to that. Um, but it, it's expensive to replace that that quality players nowadays. You know, it's everybody would like depth and things, but at the moment, it, it looks like at least in this window, we're not going to get that. Um, and it's a shame because I think we do need that.
1: Fantastic, uh, Sutty. Um. Oh.
0: It's the
4: old self-sustainability thing that keeps cropping up, Dave, that I keep preaching. Yes, the club will always be there, which ultimately we all want. We don't want to go bust, do we? Just dug ourselves out of a complete load of shite, let's be honest. But also, let's be honest here, this is because of absolutely shocking recruitment at times, Dave. We have blown somewhere in the region, a £200 million on utter rubbish. So we've put ourselves in this position, Dave. And when although, you're
1: talking about the £200 million of rubbish, what players are you referring to there, for example?
4: Well, you got you. you can't just take the, um, uh, the the signing fees. It's got to be the whole contract. Yeah, yeah. So if you take the likes of Young Silver, there's £50 million straight away. Then you go in uh, to Gedesh. Gedesh will probably be on eighty grand a week. Yeah. So there's another forty million. So there's half your half your two hundred million, and and there'll be there'll be lots of players. I bet you it's not far off two hundred million pound.
1: I think, now, I, think I think I think you're probably right, and I think um, that is part of the reason why they're now going down this new route. I mean, you said absolutely. yesterday Wolves best signings. Uh, since they've been promoted, are all within the sort of 5 to 20 million price Yeah,
4: they are. We don't have a good record, Dave, of spending big. Cunha, I like Cunha. I still think we overpaid, but we didn't have a lot of choice. People people knew we were desperate, and it was money worth spending because it's kept us in the Premier League. But um, I'm very sceptical of self-sustainability because at some point what happens is And it'll happen to Brighton. It will happen. All these bargains will disappear. Or they won't come off. And you'll find yourself in the mire. And you won't be able to get out of it. And all of a sudden, you've sold your really good players. And you've got your cheaper players in. And they won't be able to cut it. And you'll get relegated. And then you're in trouble. Self-sustainability has never won anything you have to have the balance. You can't just go on record and say, we are going to be self-sustainable. It will not work. So I, what he's saying, what he's gearing us up for here, Dave, in my eyes, how I read it, is we're going to be self-sustainable. So get ready, because Pedro Neto will be gone in the summer, which I think most of us expect. So we're going to try and get um, as much as we can for him. Got but Pedro well... Neto,
1: before we can carry on. Yeah, I mean... Gonna there's probably gonna be a bit of a bidding war on him, but you know, what sort of price would you accept for well, as, is, as a fan and go, yeah, okay, fair enough, we've got a good
4: deal on him. This is what I was gonna to say, Kit. To you. If you're going down the self-sustainability route, i.e. Brighton, i you're gonna use Brighton, they're the obvious ones, okay? So we're gonna go down the Brighton blueprint, fine. Do not undersell players to make a quick book. Mm. If you've got Liverpool, Arsenal, all these sides coming in for Pedro Neto, say okay, it's 80 million. Who's gonna pay it? If you're not gonna pay it, fine, he's ours. We'll stick with him. Because we we can have him another year. Okay, he might only get 50 million for him with only two years on his contract, but he might get us into Europe. But don't go. Almost capping on to these big clubs, saying, Well, you know, we'll, we'll take 60 million. No, don't you? have got to stop that now. It's mm-hmm. about if that's how you're going to go, it's about making as much money as possible per player. Because don't forget now, self sustainability means everything and everyone will sale. Josh
3: yes yeah, so i literally what i've written down like what such says the main rhetoric really and it gets mentioned twice was that self-sustainability um that gets mentioned twice you can see there's like such just says it's going to be one of the things that every player has got a price um the one thing he does say as well is about looking to replace loan players um but he then what's the word he gets a bit hypocritical, and then in the next two verses, he comes up and says that Fabio and um, Sasha have hardly played, so we're not really going to replace them under the minutes they've played. So, are you replacing the loan players, or are you not? That's the uh, the one other thing I picked up. But The only thing outside of the um, press release from him was the interview from Gary O'Neill. Was it two weeks ago, where he come out and said he knew the situation he was in, he knows about January. So the interesting telling tale will be over the next few weeks what his demeanour is going to be like in interviews about transfers over the next few weeks before the window closes, see if his demeanour changes or if he's still the same when he comes out and says, I never bear it, blah, blah, blah. But then the telling point will be the summer. Looks to see if his attitude changes in the way he takes interviews come the summer. If you start to see him get sharp, shirty with answers and stuff or say, oh, we need players... Then, you know, for the fact, last summer's just gone, he's been told this year, like he's but we already know he's been told, because he's come out and said, it's going to be a case of crack on, keep us up, we may need to let players go. And he knows that, because he's come out and said, it. Hey, the telling tale will be this summer coming. And his attitude will be in interviews come the summer regarding transfers. Absolutely. That's, Dave,
4: Dave yeah, just really quickly, know I've just said that everybody's for sale. If he manages... To pull off a minor miracle and get us in the top half, mm. even he's got a price. And if he doesn't get what he wants in the summer, clubs will start sniffing because there'll be sackings in the in the summer. And if he gets us in the top half, when we were we were favourites to go down along with Burnley, Sheffield United, Luton, we were we were the next ones. So if he gets us top half, tenth, ninth, eighth. The vultures will start circling, Dave. And he's got a price as well. And they'll sell him as well.
1: I think, right, I think everyone, like, uh, has got a price. And I think that goes for everyone pretty much at most clubs. Um, Wolves, obviously, uh, in terms of, like, where we're at, we are a big club. Let's not let's not mm-hmm. kid ourselves. We're a big club. We've got a lot of history. Um, you know, we're in the Premier League. But, obviously, there are bigger fish. In terms of like, it's it's t- in terms of revenue. Your cities, your Uniteds, your Chelseas, your Tottenhams, your Arsenal's. You know, if you look at a fan channel from, um, say, for Arsenal or something, they've got like probably a million subscribers or something like that. That sort of tells you the money that's spent from commercial partners on their team and stuff like that. Um, you know, Wolves are where we are. Which is why they've talked about going down the Red Bull model and bringing in revenue. But, like, you know, that's for me, still not very transparent on where that money feeds into the club to to grow those extra things, the e sports and things that you've got Fosen Sports. The one thing that we've talked about, and and Suti, Chris, and especially, you spoke very passionately about um, the wasted transfer money, the decisions that were made and stuff like that under Sellers went, and Jeff. Jeff seems to have taken a little bit more of a, a back seat and sort of given Hobbs a lot more control and I think we have to, also, as much as we're going to give Gary O'Neill a lot of credit and he's changed a lot of people's views, I mean we're talking here like people coming on the channel after six games saying he was a PE teacher, he doesn't know what he's doing and he needs to go now and now, of, you're talking about like other clubs are coming in. I remember listening to a radio station just last week where they were talking about manager of twenty twenty-three and Gary O'Neill was the one they picked because of what he yeah. did at Bournemouth and what he's done with Wolves. So he, he you know he's proved a lot of people wrong. And I think Hobbs, Matt Hobbs, um, I think we have to give him a lot of credit as well. Um, because he took over after sellers, he got you know, got the players in, which he referred to in twenty twenty-three. We spent a lot of money in this time last year, and we kept us up in the Premier League. Matt, under a lot of pressure uh, and a lot of discord and a lot of fallout and with, you know, Lopetegui doing all his thing and everyone, the fan base divided and arguing with each other, he kept a cool head. Um, And he was also responsible for appointing uh, Gary O'Neill. So, so far for me, Matt Hobbs has done a good job um, I think so far in his tenure Uh, and it seems like we do have the sporting director and the manager head coach are you know on the same page now I think it's clear because of the great job that Gary O'Neill has done um, so far this season let's face it we're 10th we could we're 11th just behind Chelsea on goal difference 28 points we need another 10 points another three wins for the season there is not the panic that there was this time last year and i think that's given them a little bit of um clear blue water to really manage through this window and then as as josh has mentioned i think the summer transfer window is going to be very very important in terms of outgoings and in, incomings and i think they're really focusing which is why they're only looking at loans maybe in the like a danny ings or someone like that coming in um, and maybe a a loan with an option to buy if someone does really well, as Wolves under Nuno didn't use very, very well how many times we brought someone in on on loan and then we bought them because they looked like they fitted into the makeup of the squad that they wanted to do, which I think is positive. And um, I do think that um, there will be some people coming in later on the window. I think he's alluded to that. They're waiting for the transfer window to start moving when the dominoes start to move, when a, a big player moves, it, they bring someone in, it means that they can release someone else and then the likes of Wolves can bring someone in. So I think we'll probably see a little bit more movement in the, the last two weeks, maybe the last week or even the last couple of days with a loan signing coming in. Um, and I do think one eye is also on uh, the summer and the other point that I'd like to make, which refers back to, uh, to what Josh said, if Gary O'Neill has um, got us into the top half, which is progress on 13th last week, and maybe we've had a cup run and we've beaten Brentford and we've not uh, we're not the baggies out and we've got a home tie maybe in the uh, in the in this last sixteen and then we're into the quarterfinals. Who knows? Gary O'Neill has got every right. Then to say, look, I've done this with that, I and I want t- to do this in the summer, and that's the key key point for me, Chris.
2: I'm not so sure it's like that, Dave. Because at the end of the day, we've got to be we've got to be honest and open. The guy probably was very grateful to get the job, and and there's going to be a bit of him that still probably thinks that he he. He doesn't seem to me as a, you know, very driven, not, not, he's driven, but um, career-minded guy that, you know, it's career above everything. And I, I don't think he will, he won't rock the boat like Lopetegui did because he wanted to, um, you know, drive on and show his his ego and his position and the club wasn't able to match it. And that's what happened. And I don't think O'Neill... I don't think we'll get the histrionics from O'Neill midway through the season. If we finish eighth and have been knocked out of the semi-final of the cup and we're all happy at the end of the season, I don't think he's going to go in there and say, right, back me or I'm buggering off of you. No, I don't
1: think I'm not saying that, but I think what he'll do, he'll have a lot of credit uh, in the in the bank and they'll see what he's done and he will have a lot more influence in helping that Bring players that he wants. And I think Hobbs and him are already talking about that anyway. I mean, I think they're already looking down the
2: line. I don't think any of those things you said about going, you know, eighth and in the cup would differ from if we stay where we are now by the end of the season. I think the club, if we finish 11th, it's still progress. Yeah, I I think that. Um, There there was something I didn't say before. The analogy used about um, we're using a small fishing net, I really don't like. No, no, I don't like that either. I I think, I think we should be using the best bit of bait we've got on our up to attract the player that we need to complete the squad. I I don't think we should be using the mindset. Well, we've just got to see what we can catch here in a small net because we you know we're we're wolves. We're fishing for crumbs. We're actually in a credible position now, and I think I think I'd, I. I don't know whether that's come out wrong, but the mindset in there tells me, well, we're not going to be able to compete, people, so let's not bother, which really, if, we, if we've got that view, then you may as well pack up. Um, you know, we had a big bit of bait in Lopetegui. He was our little shiny boy league, because be frank, he was a, despite what people say about him, he was a manager that was probably kind of a better status than where we were. And <laughs> so we had our shiny bit of bait on the and We decided not to play with that. So, I think I think um, I, I don't like that bit. Um, I, I just think that that it, it's about... I, I don't like the concept that we're going to wait till the summer. I, I think if we understand where the gaps are, and he should know where his gaps in his squad are now with his management style, we should be looking to get them players in and bedded in so that in the summer we can go. I'm amazed we haven't brought um, Cicchino back from his loan because he's playing absolutely fantastic. And you know, I think you know. To be fair, he was playing well for us before he we went on loan.
1: But he uh, went to Stoke. He went to Stoke and failed.
2: Yeah, but I think that might be more to do with the club because it, where is he at well, now? He's in some um club in Portugal, and he's he's playing absolutely. Well, what fantastic. and what league are they playing in? He's in the top Portuguese. In the league. Premier League. He, he he skimmed about four Benfica players last weekend and yeah. made them look stupid.
1: Well, that's a good sign, isn't it? Like, Yersa Mascara, he's come back. He's having a look at him. Shaquino's another one that could come back in the summer. You know, this is all pathway development. Lewis, you've taken Chris's points there. I mean, you've heard what everyone has has got to say. Where are you? Like, you know, if you you were Wolves Sporting Director right now, you know, with the situation that we've just been through and all of that, I mean, would you be going out right now and... I mean, it is hard to get a player that you want in the January window because you're mid-season and stuff like that. Or, you know, are you quite happy with the approach that Hobbs is outlining? Or do you think he's, uh, or do you think he's basically um, trying to lower expectations so much? Or is he playing a keen game? And is he saying that for the benefit of everyone else? And then it shows that, you know, trying to make out we're not going to pay over the odds for, 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 for for things because we're self-sustainable. So don't, Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: I think it's a tough job, uh, job Dave. Um, but, you know, I think for the for the time being, for, since the start, of la- uh, the start of the season and, you know, up until the, in this market, the excuse of financial fair play is OK. I think everybody's OK with that, especially seeing, you know, the charges that Everton got, you know, done with. I don't think anybody wants us to risk losing points. So for now, what he's saying of, you know, we can't really spend as much as we'd like, you know, if we did have it and we want to make sure we get the right players, and I can take those points completely. And I would probably, you know, feel the same way, especially the Premier League seem to be taking a much more proactive stance on financial fair play lately. So I can accept that. Um, I think there's one player in particular that I think perhaps they wanted last summer, um, in the Italian league, the deer from Salen, Salernit I can't say it. He's um, a Senegalese player. He's 27. Um, he, he's a striker. He's, he's, he's a good player. You know, I've seen, seen some clips from him. Um, I think if they had the opportunity to sign him in the in January, they would take it. But I don't think he will join in January because he's gone to the Africa, African Cup of Nations with Senegal. Um, I think. At the same time, I don't see how he fits in at the moment because you know I spoke a few weeks ago. It seems that Gary's favorite formation is four four two, and that requires Wang to be on the left um, when we don't like uh, when we don't have the ball when it's defensive and when we go to a 5 five uh, five two three, and then obviously he goes into the kind of strikers position uh, alongside Cunha when we do have the ball. And um, Deer, I don't think he's that type of, is uh, a winger. He, he seems to be a, a striker, a number nine, really. So unless you're going to drop Cunha, which I don't think he's going to do, because Gary seems to really like him. and He also likes Wang. Um, and Sarabia's playing so well. Neto's coming back. So I think it's a big job to fit him into the squad. Um, so I don't see sign in. signing. Um, I think depth is is the best thing we could do. You know, a few people spoke about the six-month loans or you know a six-month contract. I think this is a really good option. I mean, Tottenham have just signed Timo Werner uh, on, a, on a similar deal. I don't expect us to be making this kind of deal. You know, he, he's a, a player that's uh, whose ambitions are above us. He wants to probably play in, um, in in top European competitions. But everybody is saying that the deal makes so much sense because it's six months. He'll come and he'll play. If he's no good, they don't need to buy him. Uh, and if he is good, they've got the option to buy him for, I think, €27 million. Euros. So, you know, it, those, those kind of deals as well that you spoke about in the past, loans really can be an effective way um, to, to measure out players. I, you know, so many players that we mentioned, um, you know, Fabio Silva, Patrick Katron, even Rafa they come and they arrived on permanent deals. And unfortunately, they're not able to adapt to the league. You know, they'll go abroad and they'll play well. Um and they're good players, you know. Even Rafuno, I told I told you before, Dave. He told me personally that he can't do it in England, and he's happy to tell you that. There's there's players that are so good elsewhere, but they just can't do it in England because the league is too tough, the way it plays. So I, again, I can see the point that Matt makes that he wants to sign the right players from um, you know you know you don't want to sign players that will sit on the bench and not good enough in the Premier League, but at the same time, you don't want to risk signing a player. That can struggle to adapt to the Premier League from abroad, but um, yeah, there's, there's going to be a time, a time in the summer that does come where, like I said, the excuse of we can't sign anyone because of financial restrictions, but well that that kind of goes out the window. And you, well, what's your excuse then? Because you know, like people have said, I think um, I, I do think Gary is a is an asset at the moment, and clubs are looking at him. You know, we, English managers have such a power in the league, especially I think. They're such attractive options. Um, And, you know, if it gets to the kind of similar position that Julian was in last summer, it may be that he feels that, you know, there's an offer coming up, maybe um, in the first sacking of of a big club, and he may take that. And then that's going to be very interesting to see uh, how the club would respond to that.
1: Well, very well uh, made points. So to follow up on that, what uh, Lewis has had to say and give us your take on what you would do. You know, are you and how you feeling about it, like in terms of like the, the loans to buys and wait yep. until later in the window and then? I,
4: I, I don't have any problem. I, this is a shocking window to buy in, Dave. You're either, say, so if you're where we are as a mid-table club, um, it's even, I think it's even more difficult. But if you're at the bottom of the league, you have to buy. Right, so you've got to buy. So people are going to have your pants down. If you're at the top of the league and you're pushing for summit, Arsenal, I'll use them as an example, they're struggling to score of late. Yeah, they are. Right, so they'll go out as big as they probably can. And they've got restrictions at the moment, so they'll go as big as they probably can. So it's a really difficult window to buy in. I totally agree with what Chris has said as well, um, you know, about um certain things that have been said small nets and all this sort of stuff what I'm gonna go back to though is something that Lewis has just said real good point and it was one word and it was ambition where are we as a club what are we trying to achieve are we are we are we trying are we gonna try and win things or are we just gonna try and stay in this league and just stay there. Now that may mean you finish 17th one season but you could finish 9th the next season. What, what are they trying to do? Because if you want to up your revenue to be able to get more money through the gates and through the turnstiles and that we go back to the age old argument, Dave. The only way you'll do that is one with... Um, bringing more people through the turnstiles. Now, they've been here, how long have Fosun been here now? Eight years? Is this the eighth year? I think uh, it is. It is. It? Think eight eight years, 2016, I think it was, wasn't it? Might so, be the symptoms, you know, yeah, going into the eighth year, yeah. I think in eight years, we've put a 1,000 seats on Molyneux. Well, come on. Everybody knows my views on Fosun, okay? And I'm chuffed to bits that they've bought Hobbs in to start doing the transfers and what have you and over the course of eight years half of it's been really good dave and really positive but where is it going now what are we trying to achieve let's have a statement that says this is what we are trying to achieve we what we want to get into europe we want to d-. they're not doing that they're telling us about little fishing nets that will get might get the scraps off some of some, you know, somebody in the French, the French uh, first division. Uh, if we can get in for six million euros, we'll go with that because if it don't work, we ain't lost like we have on Silva or Geddes or, or people like this. Do you, not, do you understand what I'm trying to say? There's no, there doesn't seem to be a plan that we're told about. It, the, what it seems to me personally is that we're just happy where we are. Well, that's all right. I know people are going to come on here and say, well, we could be in a championship. Yeah, we could. And if we keep going down a self-sustainability route, that's where you'll be.
2: Just on that day, what Keith said, most businesses have a vision and a statement. And when Towson came in, businessmen, they gave us a vision and statement, champion league in so many years. When it all fell around and it realised this is a bit more difficult than we thought and ah, uh, we've we made a balls up of this, we've sat the bloke that had a chance of getting us there and I, I don't really know what I'm doing now. We've not heard any corporate vision statement. All we hear is financial fair play and little minnow fishing nets. We, we need a consolidated statement that says what the club is thinking it's going to be doing. And that might be... We've got to tread water as we are for five or six years and go again. But I'd like to hear something because we don't really hear anything. If they come out and
4: say that though, Chris, if they come out and say, look, for five years, we are going to be self-sustainable and we will stay in this division. But in five years' time, that is going to enable us to be able to plough money into the ground, bring more revenue in. It's a long-term plan between five and seven years but we'll have molyneux up to 40 45 thousand i don't know uh, but that will enable us to go to that next level i'm pretty sure all of us will probably say yep yeah, that's great thanks for letting us know we'll accept this because um you know we know where we're going i was told um season after covid i've told you this story i think Dave uh, we have six season tickets at marlay and we had three in wv1 and the season after the covid season uh, our tickets went up by 40% and if i tell you that, that was 4250 quid on those six tickets and i put the question as to why they've gone up so much when i'm not actually seeing what it's going on And uh, the letter I received back, or the email I received back is, this is four years ago now, Dave. If you as a legacy supporter want to see regular top six football, you have to pay top prices. Now, stupid me, Dave, was thinking, hang on a minute. Yeah, okay, I'll pay this because we must be having some right quality coming in here. If that's what they're saying to me on an email. Now, I'm not being funny, Dave, but it's got progressively worse season on season. It's got better this season. We've sort of gone down, 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 and we've sort of come back up a little bit. But we ain't nowhere near top six place, Dave. And I don't see a plan that's getting us there. If I was seeing all them corners getting filled in on that ground, mate, honest to God... You would not have the likes of me moaning on here every other week about what they're doing. I'd be able to see it with my own eyes. There doesn't seem that strategic plan to take us to the next level, to attract the next level of player. If you do all these things, I'm pretty sure when they rock up at Molyneux, they're going to look at it and go, whoa, we love it, Dave. These players are looking at it like it's an old tin shed, half of them. It's all we've known. But when they go to other grounds, they're going to go to other grounds. If you've got a choice between Wolves and, I don't know, West Ham. Now, west I don't think West Ham are any better than us as a club. But it's London and it's a bit of a running track stadium. I hate the place. But they're going to get won over by it, Dave. We ain't got a chance. We won't We won't beat them in a transfer race because they can get 63,000 people in the ground every week to generate shed loads of money. What I still can't understand, maybe I'm sick, I don't know, Dave, but I can't understand why this stadium, the most obvious thing that will generate you money, okay, it's going to cost you a bit in the long run, in the short term, sorry, but why isn't this stadium being put to 40 odd thousand? I can't, I just can't get my head around it. And that says to me that we're happy just where we are. It's a nice little jewel in the crown. But remember that terminology I told you if you don't keep polishing that jewel, it goes dull.
1: That's a really good point, and to be fair, um, I think every Wolves fan really wants to see uh Molyneux um uh, expanded and investment into the ground. I don't think there's one fan that would probably come on here and said we wouldn't want to do that. Um, obviously, Jeff has been asked about this, um, uh, and he referred something to do with the cost of interest rates. I'm going to come to you in a second, John, uh, Chris, but you know a little bit about um, about. The interest rates in manufacturing and stuff like that, don't you in production?
2: Yeah, so um, he's right. Things have gone up. Things have gone. I mean, Keith knows he buys material in his line of business. Material's gone up, but they're not going back down. Um, anybody that's got half an idea knows that the cost of material and stuff is just going to go and increase it because it's all for. It, it's not just the material; it's the production cost. Energy costs have gone up. That that isn't coming back down, you know. As we're going to sustainable energy, it costs more. All of this feeds into a model where materials and building activity cost more money. The time to do it, strange enough, was when COVID was on, because that's that's when you could have got, you could have got it done without any disruption to your income. Because let's face it, there was no income because there wasn't coming. So you you could have you could have done that. You could have got uh, investment or, or a loan to to get that. Done and then paid it back with the bigger, bigger fan base attending. But we just, we just, um, you you can't just say you're going to wait for it to dip. You've got to, you've got to come to a point where you say we've got to do it. Um, now either they they can afford to do it and want to do it, or they can't really. And um, you know the reason they're not doing it is because maybe, as, as Keith thinks they're not that interested in it that any, anymore. And I think that's what the the worry and concern is from us old buggers that have been here before with owners. Um, I think we're worried that the shininess of the, the jewel that keeps on about has gone a bit dull. It's less attractive to them. They're, they're not interested in it. And we're just going to stagnate. And I think that that's why we want to see that. Yes, let's do it. There's plans to do the Steve Ball and, and it's... It was 16 million, but they were going to lose revenue for a while while whilst they did that work. Um, it's not going to get any cheaper, never. It, yeah. It's never. So you you just got to you got to draw a line, and say this is the cost model, this is what it's going to be, and th- and this is where the revenue. This is how you get your your, your revenue back. Uh, you can get the revenue back, but you know you might find it's a 15, 16, 17 year. You know. Repayment. Well, that's
1: probably the, how, how long it will take to get the revenue back on the uh, on the stadium, but eventually it will pay for itself.
2: Josh but, but Dave, um, uh, Dave, if you if you if you're not looking to be around for more than three or four or five years, you're never gonna do it. That's an
1: interesting point. Josh, ambition. Um, we've talked about transfer window, talked about Molyneux, um, which I think you should touch on as well. I'm gonna ask Lewis as a younger fan as well to for his take on that. Um we want to. I think Suchi makes a really, really good point, really, because we want to win stuff. We want to win. We want. We what we want to. You know, we are Wolverhampton Wanderers. We've been around. We were founder members of the Football League. We were like the kings of Britain and Europe in the fifties. We've got a lot of history, and we're not a little club. We're not a tin pot little club. We are a big club, and if you look at the. Um, the trophies won over all of the time. I think Wolves are in the top ten, including in the the points in the top flights and stuff like that. We're a big club. We're a big name. We've got iconic colours that stand out from everything else. We're not, like, wanting to settle for being, you know, for just, like, staying still and playing, being boring and just, you know, staying up. You want, as fans, mm-hmm to at least have some ambition to try and win something. I think, you know, they're showing a bit of ambition in the FA Cup this year so far in terms of the how they played, you know, how strong they went with Brentford. Um, and even with 10 men, we got the point. And obviously, we, there's, a, there's a chance of an FA Cup run and, you know, getting to a final would be absolutely magical. You know, do they have ambitions to get back into Europe? I'd like to think so. Mm. I think there's an outside possibility with this team this year that we there's an outside possibility we could get into the top six top eight top seven again. There's not we're not that far off if we continue to push forward. We are losing play what's your take on it? Where um
3: I was on about this to my brother the other day like ambition wise and obviously the last couple of well, last three years and transfer windows and the communications that we've had from the club um and sort of what we've had in this press release from Matt Hobbs which let's be honest was the same it's the same sort of spiel we get every January where it let come out and say oh we're not going to panic and if you look at all the windows we don't usually make a signing or if you do it to and it's not until the last week or even on deadline day we never used to do many deadline day signings before first and that when they come in in January you now we do quite a few um uh, if if we actually do any but ambition wise on all of that what I've just said, and I was on a bench to my brother the other day, and Keith alluded to it earlier. It does look like Bowson, from what we've heard, are happy to let us dwindle between seventeenth and tenth every year. And like, be like a palace oh the last few years, be like Bournemouth used to be, be like Burnley were, Fulham were big ones for it until they started yo yoing between the championship and the Premier League. And look what happened, Leicester, Stoke, all the Coffey teams I've
1: mentioned. Southampton used to have Southampton had this sustainability model Of bringing through great players yeah. Eventually the players that they bring, you bring Through don't work and you End up in trouble, we've seen it many Look, many many Times, we don't want to be in that position
2: Dave no. become be... the denominator between All of those sides, Josh has just mentioned Is they're
1: not in the Premier League anymore Yeah,
3: every, t- every team started
1: Lewis um, Younger fan um, What do you Want to see from the owners in terms of like ambition and what is your take? Um, I mean, how old are you, Lewis?
0: 20, Dave, yeah. 20. Um, and 20. I, I liked the point about Southampton, actually. because At the time when um, we sold Jota, um, I really likened how we were to how Southampton was because Pochettino had been at Southampton then he obviously went to Spurs. Nuno had went to Spurs too. Um jota joined liverpool the same way mana joined liverpool obviously we didn't have a van dyke um at the back but i really did see a lot of similarities at the time between ourselves and southampton i was you know they had also had a europe run um you know I, I had a i kept an eye on how they were doing you know as, a, as an idea of where we could end up in a few years because there, like i said there were so many similarities going on um i think it's so difficult to break into the top six and I, I know that was obviously what Sutty received in the email, but whoever sent that at the club, whoever works in that department who sends those emails, they have no idea of Jeff's ultimate plan. I can promise you. And that's not me because I know anyone, nobody knows what Jeff uh, thinks. And Jeff has a boss above him and that boss has a, bo- a boss above him or the uh, uh, whoever sent that email needs to really apologize for that because The top six is such an impossible cast to break. For so many years, you can name the top six clubs in England. And I know the past few years, you know, Chelsea fell out of it because, you know, they've had a lot of turbulence at the club with Todd Burley coming in. Um, Obviously, Tottenham had dropped out with Antonio Conte last year. It was a really tough time for them. But generally, the top six clubs are the top six. So I think the ambition would be great, you know, to have that ambition and say, we're going to go for that top six. Like they promised at the start, you know, they they come in when they bought the club and said, we want Champions League in this many years, that means top four consistently. I mean, That's a yeah. huge challenge. Um, and, you know, I think for the next, uh, as you get higher up in the, your your goals, the challenge becomes harder. I think to, to get from the Championship to the Premier League is a tough step. But then to, to beat the next 13 top teams and get to seventh place, but like we did, well, that was just as tough. um I, I, and do it I don't again know
1: with a European,
0: uh, and we finished seventh that second season too, Dave. And had Arsenal not won the FA Cup, we would have been back in the Europa League, um, which I think would have saved us a lot of problems. I think we would have been able to retain Jota. We probably would have been ret- able to retain Matt. Um So, so then everything's a lot different. Then you know you have a lot more money because of the TV rights. Um, everything looks very different. Had Arsenal not won the FA Cup that season. But they did so you you know you can't chase ifs and buts um i think you know to, to be consistently in the top half is a good ambition for at least the next five years i know we haven't been for the past few years you know since Nuno i left and even in his last last year at the club um but I, I i i like the idea of clarity you know they were cl- the, the owners were clear when they arrived this is what we want and everybody got on board you know it was not like I said, it's a lofty target to be consistently top four when the top six has been there for so long. Um, but I think you know, Chris and Sussie, you mentioned that they came out and they just said for the next five years, we have to be this club that maybe not everybody is as impressed with. But then in the next five years after that, then we can push on and try and break that top six again. It, it gives people to, to hold on uh, to something, you know, it gives them something to believe in but it has to be followed up on, which is, I think, the, the key thing. You can make a promise, but can you deliver? Um, and that's why I come back to that that email that Sutton received. And whoever sent that, it's just crazy that they're even in a job if they still are, because they can make no promises about where we should finish, exactly. especially when it was such just a big...
1: percent price increase. Lewis, I'm yeah. going to come back to you in a second on the stadium. I do want to... Uh, uh, just a question here. Uh, Llewellyn, Dave, when are you going to invite some Wolves stewards on the stream? I've followed Wolves for 55 years. I've seen the great, the good and the rubbish, just a thought. Well, every single person that's on here are all Wolves stalwarts. They're all Wolves fans. And every single person that's in the chat, as if you watch um, back extra time um, at the weekend, there was a chap from Brian from Southampton was speaking in the chat and uh, I invited him on. You are more than welcome, as is any fan from any corner of the globe, to come on to Extra Time to come on and talk about Wolves. All you have to do is get in touch with Always Wolves Facebook, Always Wolves Instagram, Always Wolves Twitter. Send a message. um, Our producer will get back in touch with you, and we're more than delighted because we always like to see new faces come on. But if you want to check that out for yourself, just watch Extra Time back from the weekend, and you can see... That, that actually happened live on air So if you want to I'm quite,
2: quite chuffed with that Dave That means me and Keith are looking a lot younger than we actually are well, what I'm just is saying, every single one of you yeah. How long have you so, been supporting Wolves, Chris? Well the store Waltz actually spelt with an A as well But I wanted to tell you that Chris, yeah. how long have you been supporting Wolves? Well, um, since I was about three So um, nearly as long as his 55 years
1: 47 Exactly. Josh, you're younger, so like... 20, you know,
3: 25, if I'm going listen, from the age
1: of four. We've got a good cross-section. We do get female fans on here as well. You know, fantastic. So there's lots of people that do contract. So if you do want to get involved, all you have to do is drop a message to... and uh direct message to any of our socials you can get on. Lewis, I want to come uh, just talk to you because we've got about uh, five minutes left of the, of the stream. I want to try and finish it around about an hour, an hour and five. It's gone on a bit longer than I thought it might, but there's a lot to talk about. Molyneux as a younger fan obviously this is probably much as what you've known as as you've been growing up what's your thoughts on Molyneux expansion is it a frustration or you're happy with how it is I mean where where do you sit as a younger fan
0: I don't think anyone can be happy with how it is Dave the stadium is poor the minute Um, it needs work doing Um, you travel to different away games you travel to different stadiums and there's so much more going on. Uh, you know, again, it's something that maybe older fans don't like to admit, but their match days are becoming more more and more an experience. Um, You know, outside the grounds, people have, have bands on, and, you know, there's, there's things to do. The stadium really it needs a lot of work doing it, doing it both inside and, like I said, around the ground. So I think everybody agrees the stadium needs... In Wolves Stadium, for the level of club that we, all, we we were. You know, we were seventh place two seasons in a row. You know, that's not a good enough stadium. It doesn't align. I know so we dropped off, but we're now an established Premier League team. I'd say Molineux probably, you know, there's some great parts of Molineux that I really love, um, but it's probably one of the worst stadiums in the league to visit. Um, you know, if you're a neutral fan travelling to the game, you'd probably rank Molineux really low. Um and I, I hate that, you know, I wish it was completely different and it could be, it just depends on how much effort they're going to put into that. You know, obviously Chris spoke about the cost of things and I agree, you know, the, the, the is there that buy land because God's not making any more of it. Things increase and they don't come down really. So again, I can understand that the pandemic is a, is a point of turbulence and things that, you know, got halted, but we're past it now, um, that there's, there's an opportunity. Sometimes you have to make a decision, you know, indecision is a lot worse than the, a wrong decision. And I don't think a wrong decision to um, to fix the stadium, I don't think that's going to be a wrong decision. And I, I know a lot of people talk about the presentation of the stadium as well. You know, I spoke to Manny and Sutty a few months ago about how it needs painting. And I agree, but um, I think it's just, do they have the effort for that? And I don't think it has anything to do with their commitment to the club. I think they you know, my feeling and my opinions are that the owners are here for the long term. I don't think that them not choosing, that them choosing not to paint the stadium indicates that they want to leave and that they want to get out quick. But they do need to start showing a bit more, um, they need to take more action, I feel. I think that's a really good
1: point. I think that's the key question of, like, if any of the, uh, you know, the Wolves board or anything like this, the Wolves fans are quite, um, on the whole, fairly patient. Um, We want a team that reflects the, um, you know, the passion of the fans in the stadium. Molyneux has some good bits. It has some awful bits. I talk to people in the steeple all the time. The facilities are just not fit for purpose in the Premier League anymore. What Molyneux does have when it's on and it's a lot better back this year is an atmosphere yeah. with the fans and stuff like that it can create an atmosphere but just imagine how good that atmosphere could be if you filled in all the corners and you did that you continue that round and made it into that proper bowl that it could be i think where the, the, the atmosphere could be then and at some point you've got you just got to basically go for it and just say like we've got to get this done because it's all right saying it's too expensive, but the year after it's more expensive and then it's more expensive again and it's going to be more expensive again. So you have to keep getting more and more revenue. So like at some point, the patience is going to wear out with the fans going, sort the bloody stadium out, invest in the stadium. Okay, we don't want to invest in the stadium at the, at the sake of not investing in the team, but they can go hand in hand and, you know... It's
4: it's it's a frustration, it's a frustration
1: yeah. of mine, and a lot of a lot of fans, such as you coming in there,
4: I think. Sorry, Dave, to interrupt. Arsenal did this, Dave, when they left Ivory and they built the new stadium. They were awful for ten years, Dave. And they they knew why because that stadium had cost so much money. Yeah. Yeah, but that... they told
2: them they were gonna be key. Yeah, they, they told, told
4: them they're gonna do it. They told them. Now I'm looking at Lewis Lewis's um 34 years younger than me nearly <laughs> um, and he speaks really well This knows, it, really and does. I would love for him to get to my age and he's got something to be really proud of and he's not sat there like me thinking am I going to see anything change here where we're actually going to be a force again Now, this is a company, Dave, in FOSUN Group, FOSUN International, that can forward see things in a pandemic to open certain companies that will make nearly $2 billion of profit in the first year of the pandemic. But they can't foresee and plow money in to a little football club that they've got that puts their name on the map it don't quite weigh up to me dave these are clearly intelligent people who know how to make money but don't want to quite spend it on us and i can't i want this young kid in this setup here to be able to actually walk around the midlands in 34 years time with his chest pumped out and say we're the best club in the midlands bar none because we enter the moment dave let's be honest we are within us but the reality of it is we aren't and there's only one lot of people that can change that that's unfortunately not us it's the powers that be and until their mindset changes and they Do these gambles like they did opening PPE companies in you know six months before a pandemic? Amazing hindsight that is, and and the foresight to open companies like that. But until they gamble on us as well, it's never going to really cut it for me, Dave.
1: I think that's a point well made. We're just going to make some closing statements now to finish off, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this if uh, this video. If you have, please smash a like, and I say if you are new please consider subscribing. We'll also put this out on the Pot Always Wolves podcast as well. And of course, a lot of you will be watching it back. We're just going to have some closing statements now. So uh, Josh, we've, 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 talked about the transfer. We've even gone into Molyneux, which I think's really good that we've sort of gone into that as well, because it, it sort of goes hand in hand in terms of ambition that we've sort of been talking about. If, um, if Matt Hopps, um is watching this, which he might well do. Who knows? He never knows if you are Matt thank you for tuning in um jeff you know if you wanted to say one thing to matt and one thing to to jeff and the board as like a closing statement from this particular video as a fan at this point in time off the statement and obviously what we've talked about what would you like to say if they were listening
3: um we know how it's going to be in this month anyway um off the statement and what's happened in the past three januaries um just at least give us a clear picture come the summer on what we're going to be doing going forward for definite. Give us a plan, short-term, just to say this is what we want to have done in so many years. Then we can rest on that. And then instead of us judging you in between transfer windows and mid-seasons, we can then get to the end of that say, five-year plan and say, right, have you done this? Have you done that? And we can say, yep, yeah, you've done this. What's next?
1: Thank you.
2: Chris? I think what I'd like to say, first thing I think I need to say is, the January window, people always say how bad it is, um, but I actually think our last January window was a fantastic window and we signed what I think has been the best player that's been at our club for some years in Mario Lumina, in in that window I think. So it's not all bad in a January. What I'd like is a vision. I get the fact that you we know, might not want to spend money, but I'm a little bit worried that I'm going on a bit of a road trip with this gentleman below me in the summer. And we're going to sit here in January and nothing's happened. And we're going to be in Germany and talking about the transfer window, the fact that Wolves have not signed anybody. And they're making the excuse that the Euros is on. So we've got to let all that finish before we can look at signings. And then we'll get to you know, the season starting and we haven't done much because that's what I think. I think that's where we'll be. I'd like them to give us a vision. I'd like them to be open and transparent in where they think the club's going so we can understand it. Now, some of us aren't going to like that. Some of us will get behind a bit. Some of us won't. But at least if we, we know, and I think that you've got to not forget our history. We're, we're, you know, we're supporters that have had some real shit thrown at us by, by our owners and the way the club's been managed. And we do get concerned and we do get worried that it's all happening again and i just like them to be a bit more open and tell us where they are so we, we can get behind them, because that's what we all want to do. We don't support Wolves to say the shit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Lewis, we'll go to you, and then Sutty, final.
0: Um, yeah, I, I'd echo what everybody You're said so far. Matt
1: and I, Jeff here.
0: Yeah, I, I, like I said, i echo what everybody said about Clarity. I think that's the best thing that the club could do right now. I think... Like like Chris has mentioned, there's gonna be there's gonna be parts that if they're honest, that people aren't gonna like, but um, yeah, if people are open, then that's that's gonna put people at ease more than you know not knowing what's going on at all. Um, I think be decisive is a, a big thing for me, especially in the summer. If you're going to take action, you have to take action. sometimes there's gonna be a point like with the Fabio Silver deal. if he comes back from Rangers and hasn't scored enough goals and the interest isn't there maybe the best option is to accept you made a mistake and move on and the same with Gredesh, you know the the loans the contract is just coming down and down uh, in terms of his value to the club now you have to sometimes just make a decision you have to hold your hands up and say the the deal was wrong we regret making it possibly but we're going to walk away with what we can get and then we're going to use the money that we're going to get to then go and take positive action um, I think that would be my message: to, to have clarity and to, to be decisive in your decisions. And if you're making a decision, be confident enough that you're, you're you, you know you're paid well enough to, to to do your job. Believe it. But also, you know, it's okay to have made mistakes in the past as well.
1: Fantastic. And Sutty, uh, last word to you before I round up.
4: Yeah. I would have to say to. I stood with both of them, to be honest. I stood next to Jeff and Matt Hobbs. You must keep investing for the future of this club. For future fans like Lewis, you know, the, these young lads, they want something to grasp hold of. You, you get idiots like us, Dave, who have watched quite a lot of dross over sort of 47 years. I could tell you Now, out of that 47 years, I bet you I can't get to double figures in years where I would deem it a good season. And for some unknown reason, it's that magnet that keeps dragging you back. It's like the nearest thing I could say to you about being uh, probably addicted to a hard drug like heroin, you can't get away from it. But I want to see them with a plan for the future, for the future of the club i'm not the future of this club anymore dave as supporters go these young lads are my son lewis you know my son's 15 16 next birthday he's only four years younger than lewis i want him to be some to be proud of this club and have something to look forward to where they think we can challenge for this this year because at the moment we don't know which way we're going as i say Just be honest with us. It's going to take five years. Fine. You know, we'll spend money on the ground. Fine. We don't mind that. As long as we stay in this division and we're doing the ground, we as supporters, Dave, will accept that. I guarantee you now there will be very few supporters that will say, I ain't having that. Nobody's that stupid. We need to invest in the future. That starts with the ground get that capacity up, then you've got money to play with, okay? Start thinking about these young'uns, Dave, because we want them to have something to cheer about.
1: Absolutely, mate. And um, so, you know, I mean, you know, so do we. We've still got, hopefully, a few years left in us us following them as well, up and down the country, going pretty much home and away to every game. We spend a lot of money following our team because, like you say, it's in our blood. Uh, There's a sign on the stadium. Behind on the North Bank, which says this is our love, and it knows and it, and it knows no division. That's true because, like through thick and thin, the fans will be there in 50 years, in 100 years. You know, when the managers have gone, the players have gone, the owners have changed, the, we still have the fans and legacy fans, however they refer to them. You know, we're not legacy fans. We are the beating heartbeat of the club. We are the blood that runs through the veins of our club. Great. It's brilliant to see the young Koreans and stuff come over and all the international fans. I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's growing our brand. And I love to see them and I love to see the excitement and the wonder in their eyes when they come to Molyneux. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But never, ever take for granted... Mm -hmm the 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 blood, the heartbeat of of Walls, which is, you know, the local fans, because that's that's where it's always gonna be, no matter what. And I think in, in summary, fair play to Matt Hobbs coming out and coming out with a statement. Appreciate that. And I think we're all in agreement pretty much that so far you're doing a good job. Uh Jeff seems to be um you know listening and hopefully learning from mistakes. fosen and Maybe watch. I will put an open invitation out. I don't expect I'll get a reply to both Matt Hobbs and Jeff. We'd be more than absolutely welcome to come on to the channel and talk directly to the fans and we can plan the questions and whatever you want. It's, you know, not coming, don't want to come on here and lambast you. We just want to come and talk. But like the biggest thing that we want to see as a fan base is want to see the ambition. And I think we want to see a roadmap. We want to see a plan and a roadmap of where we're going to be, and that includes the stadium. Um, Thanks ever so much, guys, for being so honest tonight. Um, Guys in the chat, hope you've enjoyed it. And, um, you know, until the next one, from all of us, always Wolves. Always Wolves. It's the 90th minute.
0: upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com slash upgrade this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans